What is going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Breaking the Goal Line Podcast. Coming at you on a beautiful Tuesday morning here in Phoenix, AZ. That's Arizona, for those of you that don't know AZ. Coming off of week four, that, let's be honest, the slate, there wasn't a lot of, like, games that popped out, but nine out of the 12 games on Sunday were one possession games, one score. And a lot of them were great. A lot of games that we uh, people don't didn't expect to be great. How about that Lions-Seahawks game? How about the Seahawks really getting something done? Pete Carroll's just a good coach. Can, 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 we, can we just say that, please? Because I definitely had this team winning like three, four football games. Yeah, they're two and two. Pete Carroll somehow is two and two. Geno Smith is playing way better football than Russell Wilson. It's it's actually not really close when you when you and I know it's like oh we can compare numbers four weeks uh but I mean I'm just I'm just saying that Geno Smith's playing better ball right now than good old Russ. How about that Bills Ravens game? We're gonna talk about that Bills Ravens game. Jags Eagles Jacksonville and Doug Peterson coming out hot and then somehow Nick Sirianni and Jalen Hurts and really what really is the best team in football right now. The Philadelphia Eagles, 4-0, getting that done. I woke up a little early to watch that game in London, Vikings-Saints. Look, you know, I'm going to be on this. Dennis Allen cannot coach. I don't think the Saints are very good, but they're going to be feisty in a lot of these games. And, and the Vikings end up getting done on a double doink from Will Lutz, trying to tie that football game up in London. Uh, Chargers, listen. I'm going to be on this. I'm not even going to get into it right now. But we'll get into the little, little Chargers, Texans. Look, they got the win. But uh, we, we, we have problems. We have big problems in the Chargers. Uh, Kenny Pickett gets his little debut. We'll talk a little Kenny Pickett. Some of the late games, Packers and Patriots. We had uh, what was uh, we had uh, uh, Bailey Zappi from Western Kentucky. Come in the game after Hoyer goes down because Mac Jones couldn't get his start. He played pretty well. He's playing better than Russell Wilson. Everybody is playing better than Russell Wilson. And, of course, the Raiders-Broncos with Russell Wilson. Raiders finally get a win. We're going to talk about that game last night. We have to talk about Monday Night Football. We have to talk about Mahomes and Tampa Bay and and the unbelievable Michael Jordan-Kobe Bryant-esque performance that Mahomes puts on it just honestly watching him is just fucking remarkable so let's get into week four let's dive into it before we do rate review subscribe and you guys know the drill let's go week four baby and to start the show here on a beautiful Tuesday morning in my notes I have I have Monday Night Football Niners Rams to start the show yeah fuck that we're going Kansas City. We're going. We're going to start in Tampa Bay. The Sunday night football game, Chiefs at Tampa, and I got Mahomes from the get go. Now Tampa did fumble the opening kickoff, and so when you do fumble the opening kickoff and you give the ball to Kelsey Mahomes and Andy Reid, I mean inside your own 30-yard line, it's it's not going to bode well for you. Two plays later. Travis Kelsey touchdown, seven nothing early lead. But you could just, you had this sense. I'm watching this game, and, and I just, I just had this sense of Mahomes and Andy 
and, and Kelsey after dropping what would have been the game-winning touchdown pass last week. Travis Kelsey put a little money on him to score. I won that bet. Also won my Chiefs bet. I had the Chiefs. The Chiefs were a, I believe they were a one-point underdog, I believe, in this game in Tampa Bay. Makes sense. Uh, I got Chiefs money line. Hammered the Chiefs money line. So I walked away with some money on Sunday night. But I walked away, I, I, honestly, even if I didn't win any money, this game was fucking sweet because Mahomes in this Chiefs team is sweet. And I, I honestly... I just don't want to hear about these people anymore that want to tell me that the Chiefs can't win this division because how good the Raiders are, Pfft. how good the Broncos are, <laughs> how good the Chargers are. Pfft. Brandon Staley can't coach his way out of the paper bag. Russell Wilson does not know how to play football anymore. And Josh McDaniels, guess what? Not a head coach. Not a head coach. Maybe this division's not going to be as great as we thought it was going to be, but they still have the Chiefs. They still have Mahomes making some of the most incredible plays I've ever seen on a football field. And when I talk to people my age, they've never seen anything like this. I mean, if you're a big diehard football fan, you know you know Brett Favre if you're my age. If you're my age, you're around that, you know, 26 to 32 ball. I mean, if you're older than me by any chance, like if you're 32, 33, 34, you know Brett Favre, you're a big football fan. It's the only thing he really reminds you of is Brett Favre. But Brett Favre got two interceptions a game. Mahomes doesn't throw picks. Mahomes does not throw interceptions. He threw one interception in the Sunday night game. It was a bad throw. It was on him. He knew it. It's a very rarity when that happens. It's not a tip. Mahomes was 23 of 37 for 250 yards, three touchdowns. One of them was an unbelievable little Kobe Bryant, Michael Jordan spin move on Devin White. Looks like he's going to run it in from the two-yard line. Stops on a dime. Does a little Kareem hook shot to Clyde Edwards-Hilaire in the end zone. And they take the lead. It was absolutely nuts. I went bananas. I went bonkers. I got up, hands on the head, mouth was fucking open. I couldn't believe what I saw. And when I watched this guy, it, it, he might be the most remarkable player I've personally have ever seen. He's the funnest person I've ever seen play football. And I used to say this about Russell Wilson in Seattle. That guy... I mean, it was just phenomenal watching him run around, making these unbelievable throws, doing his Russell Wilson thing. I'm sorry, but he can't touch what Patrick Mahomes has done and 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 now going into his sixth year. It's it's absolutely nuts. Even if you're not a Chiefs fan, if if you are a Tampa Bay Buccaneer fan watching that game, you have to go. This guy is unbelievable. You you just he makes you watch the football game. He brings you. To the, to the couch. He brings you to the TV. Mahomes, it's it's Im almost impossible not to watch this guy. And Andy Reid is clicking on all cylinders. And you want to know something about Andy Reid? And I was thinking about this while watching the game. And I thought uh, last night, when I was watching the San Francisco game, which I thought Kyle called a really good game. People want to say his play calling this. And that. Look, it was better for what he needed to do from what he was going into there. They're kicking the Rams' ass. Seven straight win regular season wins. We'll get into that game. But when I was watching that game, I thought about Andy Reid. And I said... You know, every time I watch a Kansas City Chiefs game, Andy Reid has some type of new play, some type of new motion, some type of new jet sweep. They ran a speed option on Sunday night with Mahomes. They ran a speed option with with uh, with Edwards Hilaire and, and I almost said Tyreek Hill, and uh, Isaiah Pachenko, their new number 10 rookie running back, in the backfield. And Pacheco, it was a speed option. Like, it's, it's insane. What do I watch? Georgia Tech? This is nuts. Every time we watch this team play, Andy's got something else. Mahomes has got something else. 
This is where greatness is, people. You don't just you don't just win seven fucking football games when you have Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid. And they still got players. We're, we're talking like they don't got players. You see Travis Kelsey tonight? How about Juju coming alive, running better routes than he's ever run before, and he's known as a good route runner. This it, this offensive line, it, it's looked like it's kind of gone through its little kinks and issues. It's still got some more to go, but they, they are really working up. And this, this, this defense, Frank Clark, Chris Jones, they're playing really, really well. And everyone wants to talk to me about how the Chiefs can't win, can't, can't win the AFC, that they're done. Eh, they're done. No, the only reason why you're saying that is because you're fucking jealous. It's because you want them to stop winning. Because they keep winning. Let me get one, folks. They're going to keep winning. Because Mahomes is magic, baby. This guy's magic. It really is unfucking believable to watch him play. To watch this Chiefs team play. It's nuts. And at any point in the, any point in the game, they're in it. They can score. They can move the ball in seconds still. All this, you don't have Tyreek. What are they going to do without Tyreek? This is still. I mean, God, we're four weeks into this season. Tyreek Hill's on a different football team balling out. The Chiefs are balling out. But yet, every pregame, it's, well, how are they going to uh, win this game without Tyreek Hill? What the fuck are we talking about? It's just insane. I mean, that's all the Sunday night broadcast was, was just fucking uh, uh, Florio and, and Sims just talking out of their ass about how much they miss Tyreek Hill. Oh, fucking blow me, Chris Sims. Get the fuck out of here, dude. They don't miss Tyreek Hill. Why the fuck do they miss him? Well, what, are they missing him paying all that money? I don't think so. Let's go draft a rookie running back who's a stud, who they think could really be a stud, who each game is getting better. You got wide receivers. You don't need You got Miko Hardman. There's your speed guy. You got Juju Smith-Schuster. There's your route runner. You got Travis fucking Kelsey, who's a Hall of Fame tight end, who just went to fifth all-time in yards and just passed Gronk. What the fuck are we talking about? You got Andy Reid. They pulled up Andy Reid's stats uh, from uh, from his three best quarterbacks that he's played with. Donovan McNabb, Alex Smith, Patrick Mahomes. He doesn't lose. He was like 92-24-1 with Donovan McNabb. Yeah, I, I, I just, I, I still, I'm not going to be able to wrap my head around this. How people are still, I don't get it. You're not watching these football games. Patrick Mahomes is the best quarterback in this league. You know, you, you want to give me Aaron Rodgers? Cool, okay, have you seen him so far this year? I, I, I understand. Back-to-back -back MVPs, I, I get it. I, re I really do. The dude does not look like for one single second this year that he wants to play football. He's not the best quarterback in the league. Josh Allen, I'm sorry. I love him. I think he's a great, unbelievable guy. He's right there. He's not better than Patrick Mahomes. He's not better than Patrick Mahomes. This guy is fucking nuts. He sees the field better than anybody else. He throws a ball better than anybody else. He makes magic happen better than anybody else. He's the most, probably the most coachable quarterback in the league. One of the most likable guys in the league. One of the best leaders in the league. It's insane. This Chiefs team is really fucking good. And this Tampa team is really good. This Tampa's defense is unbelievable. And the Chiefs went in there and smoked them. Well, 41-31 was the final score. It wasn't that close, folks. Now, Brady, let's, let's, let's transition over to Tampa for a little bit. Brady, I think, played a hell of a football game. He was getting peppered all night long. I mean, Chris Jones, Frank Clark was in his face. They got to do something a little about that offensive line because all of a sudden that offensive line kind of falling apart. They lost a piece here and a piece there. Brady got peppered tonight. Came up holding his, uh, the other night. Came holding his shoulder. Everywhere, I, I, we all we all held our breath like, oh, shit, this Tom hurt. You know, he's massaging his shoulder on the side. No, he's fine. Comes and throws for 350 yards. You know, 
he, he had him going. I think Leonard Fournette is, is really coming to his own. It's good to have Mike Evans back. God, that guy's good. How good is Mike Evans? How good is Mike? The guy's nuts. The guy's nutso. This Tampa team is also very good. We're talking about two playoff teams here, folks. We're talking about two teams that are going to win their division. Tampa is going to win their division. Chiefs are going to win their division. And to me, this game was Andy Reid, Patrick Mahomes coming into Tampa Bay where they lost the Super Bowl the last time they were there. The last time they played in that stadium, they lost in the Super Bowl. They didn't just lose. They got creamed. I mean, they kind of got embarrassed a little bit. Now, Mahomes played an unbelievable football game, especially that second half, but it just wasn't enough. He came in with this Kobe Bryant Mamba mentality, this Michael Jordan, I'm going to rip your fucking heart out mentality. And he did. And Andy Reid did. You could tell by the play calling. Andy Reid didn't give a fuck what down it was for anything. <laughs> Speed option here. We're running this here. We're running a, a, a double motion, reverse bootleg. It's it's in, it's it's honestly it's a joy to watch. <laughs> Just a pure joy to watch this team. And yes, my do I have some bias? Of course I fucking do. You're talking about a team in Kansas City that I fell in love with in like 2004 when I got my first Madden and you had Larry Johnson and Priest Holmes and Trent Green and Dante Hall and uh, Tony Gonzalez and all these guys I fell in love with them from a video game lo and behold a couple years later my mom meets my stepdad he's from a huge Kansas City fan huge Chiefs fan so yeah do I have a little bias do I root for the Chiefs every second of every game that they play you get you goddamn right you bet your fucking ass I do. And I will continue to do it. But this team is... This team's legit. This team is legit. Their running game, now with Clyde Edwards, who's really come into it. Isaiah Pachenko looks good. That offensive line is getting better. Their defense is getting better. You want to talk about the loss of Tyron Matthew? I don't really know if it's, 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 it's that big of a deal right now. I think they've really put in pieces. Now, we'll see as the season goes along. Look, it's only been a quarter into the season. Okay, it's only four games. You know, week 12, how's that bat? How's that secondary looking? Could be a little shaky, but I like the Chiefs. Uh, no, no, no. I love the Chiefs. I they uh, how I mean, they come out of the AFC. They can easily come out of the AFC. Can the Bills beat the Chiefs in the playoffs? They haven't yet. <clears throat> but this Sunday night game, I was looking forward to it all day and and it didn't disappoint cuz it's what uh, you saw a great player be great. And, and and you know Tom was also really good. And there was there was a couple opportunities that that defense had and that he had, and they just couldn't quite get on it to really get back on into this game. They really were never in it. They were down from the get-go. It was 28-17 at half. Mahomes, Andy Reid, and the Chiefs rolling, baby. All right, now we'll talk about last night's football game, the Monday night game. Had a little Peyton Eli on. <laughs> you know... I, I got I got the two TV set up. Technically, I got the three TV set up now. I just installed the third TV a uh, Sunday, actually, before the game started. Uh, so I got, you know, I got the three TV set up. And on Monday nights, when Peyton and Eli are on, because they're only on like 10 Mondays a year or whatever it is, getting paid a sh probably getting paid what? I mean, what do you think? I'm thinking they're at least getting paid a million dollars every time, every Monday that they do one of those. I would imagine something around that range. But I got I usually get the Peyton Eli. And then I got I, I got the regular the regular broadcast on with Joe and Troy. 
Uh, but it was fucking pouring rain, and it was windy as a bitch last night, and I couldn't sit outside. So we were inside, watching the game, mostly on the on the Peyton and Eli cast. And I, I enjoyed that football game last night. Not only did I have the Niners to dominate in my fantasy league to beat the shit out of Jeffrey Sandin. Everyone, you guys know who Jeff is. Jeff, friend of the show, kicked his ass in fantasy. I believe I swept him last year. That's uh, 3-0 and in our last three meetings. Thank you, San Francisco's defense. Really helped me out there. But I thought this was a Jimmy Garoppolo, Kyle Shanahan must-win game. After that unbelievable debacle that was last week, that was just atrocious showing from Jimmy and from Kyle both. This was a must, must, maybe not must-win, but you really, really, really had to come out. And they did. They did. I thought Jimmy and Kyle looked really good early on. Jimmy did not make very many mistakes. He threw some really good balls. Now, that one to Debo was a little bit high. I don't know if he meant to throw that high because he saw the corner coming up or if he just threw it high because Jimmy Garoppolo, but it doesn't matter because Debo Samuels rips the ball out of the air, makes four guys miss, and goes to the house. And goes to the house. And just like that, it's 14-3 San Francisco. Let me tell you what. Kyle Shanahan and Jimmy Garoppolo in this offense, you know, with the, with this offensive line now, Trent Williams, you can really tell McGlinchey's awful on the right side. Their 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 card work needs help. Alex Math retired at the end of the year. They got I, I don't the rookie or second year player that's just eh, needs some work. But look, if Jimmy Garoppolo is going to play like that, Kyle Shanahan's going to give you that play calling. You have George Kittle, Debo Samuel, Brandon Ayuk. Jeff Wilson to make plays. They got skill players to make it make it count. You don't need to score. Right? You don't need to score 30 points. Because your defense is unbelievable, San Francisco. I mean, it is nuts watching Nick Bosa, Armstead, Fred Warner. I mean, you're getting rookies playing uh, Diamador Lenore, the second-year corner, shut down Cooper Cup on three separate Excuse me, three separate occasions. I locked in on him, one-on-one, Diamandor Lenore against Cooper Cup, and he locked him down three times on a one-on-one situation. Now, Cooper still got his catches, he gets his yards because he's Cooper Cup, right? Lenore's not on him the whole night, but my point is Ward's playing good, Lenore's playing good, and then you have this safety that is 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 a, a fucking, I don't know, maybe Troy Polamalu reincarnated in Ufunga who is coming down, and they're playing, they're not playing him like Ed Reed or fucking Rodney Harrison. He's not playing deep in the box. No, he's he's playing in the box. He's playing up there. You look up, and you see 28, the safety, Ufunga, with, sitting next to Fred Warner and Greenlaw. And you're like, oh, shit, this guy's coming safety blitzes. He's covering linebackers. He's covering the wide receivers coming over. This defense is unbelievable. D'Amico's really got this team playing un fucking believable the pick six that Ufunga had on Matt Ryan Ufunga had that pick six before that ball was snapped you could tell you could tell he jumped it just like Troy would have jumped it took it to the house took it to the house I mean watch the guy he looks like Troy Polamalu he, he's running all over the field he's got his long hair he's Samoan his name is Ufunga you know he's got one of those weird he's got he's got like a a weird like a weird name that you want to say it's a football name like oh look at you funga making the tackle you know palomalu making it he's just this is a fun defense to watch man they're flying around they're kicking your ass they're filling every hole they don't give up a lot of big plays they kind of bottled up stafford for the most part seven sacks seven sacks they had four in the first half they ended up sacking stafford seven times Seven sacks, an interception, a fumble recovery. 
This defense is legit. They are real, folks. I, I mean, San Francisco is a playoff team because they have the best defense in the league. You know, they, they really, really do. Tampa Bay is also a fantastic defense. It might be, it's either them or the Niners, I think, right now, the best two defenses in the league. It's hard to get past, you know, maybe, oh, well, uh, this team's giving up less yards, or this team's giving up less touchdowns. Yeah, but that team doesn't have Nick Bosa. That team doesn't have fucking Devin White. You know, you, you're a great defense because you have great play calling, you have great scheme, you have a great defense coordinator, you have talent all around you, you fly to the football, but what really separates a great defense from just a good defense is honestly, overall, just pure talent. And when you have arguably the two best defensive players in the league, and we're talking Tampa Bay Niners right now, and Devin White in Tampa Bay, and Nick Bosa in the Niners, they're both edge rushers. They're both, they're both guys that get to the quarterback very quickly, very fast. Devin White can also sit in the coverage. And then you, you sprinkle the guys that they have around them, fill in the blank, Fred Warner, <laughs> you know, fill in the blank, all these fucking guys, uh, David for, for, the, for, for the Tampa Bay. These two defenses are nuts. And we saw Kansas City come in there and kind of knock that defense around. Todd Bowles said they played poor. They played poor. They didn't, and they did. But when you're placing Patrick Mahomes, sometimes that's what happens. And a defense is going to get fucking blown out every once in a while. Can't keep it up for 17 games. It's impossible. What are you, the 0-1 Ravens? Neither one of these are the 0-1 Ravens. But they're damn good. They are damn good. This Niner team is damn good on defense. Now, they're going to have their issues on offense every once in a while. But that's up to Kyle to figure it out. As for the Rams, I'm not, honestly, I'm not too... I mean, what, what do you, you're, you're, you're 0-7 in the last seven games in the regular season against this team. I, I just, Sean McVay, in the regular season, just can't beat Kyle Shanahan. But when you, when you look at the two resumes side by side, McVay's got another Super Bowl, been to another Super Bowl, has a Super Bowl win, has got a few more playoff wins, has won his division more times. <laughs> I mean, his resume stacking up, Sean, but he can't beat Kyle. He just can't beat them. doesn't matter if it's at home or away from McVay. The Rams cannot beat this Niner team. Every time they play them, they just get knocked around a little bit. They get pushed around. They get bullied. They get bigged. And this is what happened again. You know, 17, what was it, 17 to 9, it's going in the fourth quarter. You know, give it up. They give up fucking nine points. Nine points going into the fourth quarter. All nothing but field goals. Stafford could not get in the end zone. It was Ben, don't break. It was, oh, big play. Cooper Cup making a play. Tyler Higby. Stafford finally gets some move. It's, it's a couple of good throws. But then they get into the red zone and field goal time because of sack, because of this misplay, big tackle. It, it just, I, I, I enjoyed the football game last night. I really, really enjoyed it. Those are the kind of games that I like to watch a lot of the times. I like to watch these close divisional matchups. Slobber knockers, everyone's fucking fighting. You got Aaron Donald on one side, Nick Bosa, Fred Warner, Jalen Ramsey. Then you get, you give me some Stafford and Cup, Tebow, Samuels, Jeff Wilson going for touchdowns. That's what I want to see. That's what I want to see. Monday night, it's a little Troy, a little Joe, a little Peyton and Eli. I, I, I was, I was very fine with that game last night. I was very fine. The Niners won, had money on the Niners to win. Not a bad weekend for me. Not a bad weekend for me. Cardinals won, Chiefs win. I won multiple bets. I won that. I won my Ravens bet. I had them three and a half against the Bills. We're gonna talk about them here pretty soon. What a football game! What a blunder, maybe. Maybe the biggest blunder of the year. But uh, Bills won a close game. So, but uh, Niners are a legit defense here, folks. And the Rams. Let's just don't don't get too worked up here. 
It's 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 this game against the Niners. I don't really take anything away from the Rams on this one. For the Niners, I do. Because this is a month. This is at home. Yeah, that horrible. I mean, Jimmy needs to come in for a second straight start. Kyle looked like shit. Your, your defense, it was awesome. Give up 11 points. Somehow you still lose that football game. So this was this was a big, big, big game for Kyle, Jimmy, and that offense. And they got it done, and they got the win. And and all of a sudden, they go from potentially 1-3 and three to 2-2, two and two, tied at the top of the division. Technically, because of the, because of the tiebreakers, right now, the San Francisco 49ers are leading the NFC West. They are leading the NFC West. All right, now let's get into Sunday's games. A little early game, big game action here. Buffalo Bills at the Baltimore Ravens. And I was thinking going before going into this game, and I knew this game was on. I'm trying to install this TV, get this direct TV box hooked up. It was giving me shit. It was giving me problems. But I got it going, and I got it going just, just before kickoff, maybe 12, 15 minutes. And I just started going through the just the list of games, see what I was going, last-second fantasy checks, maybe some bets. And I saw this game, Bills-Ravens. I was like, yes, this is probably the best game of the early slate. And I got thinking, man, this is a huge game for both Lamar Jackson and Josh Allen. This is on the road for the Bills, coming off a divisional loss for a close game that they could not pull off, that maybe blundered at the end. Maybe Isaiah, I mean, we don't really need to talk about it. Dude should have ran out of bounds. Defense was really hit or miss in that game. Josh struggled at times, but then, you know, looked like he could was going to get it done at the end, but didn't. Now you go on the road against a Ravens team at home who, I, I mean, coming off a great win. <laughs> Lamar's playing out of his ass so far this year. That uh, Mark Andrews is a stud. This this offense is really rolling. Now I will say this: the Ravens have a few too many defensive problems. I think linebacker-wise, tackling, but they're really good up front. They get to the pa- They get to the passer. They they gang tackle. They try not to give up too big too many big plays. But their defense, they need to kind of tweak some stuff. It's a big game for both of these quarterbacks. Lamar looking for a contract, looking to make a statement against an AFC team. And Josh Allen looking to prove that he can actually win a close football game against an AFC opponent on the road. Because it's his record is not good. <laughs> it's not good. Against an AFC opponent on a close game, one-score game, he has a very bad losing record. But, but, maybe that all change after Sunday. Because after he throws an early pick and the Ravens jumped up to a 14-3 lead early in the first quarter... You know, I'm sitting back saying, uh, you know, and listen, I, I had I had money on the Ravens. I had the Ravens plus three and a half. I didn't need them to win. I just, I took them plus three and a half in the alternate spread because something about it said, you know what? Let's do the three and a half instead of the three. They, they were a three-point underdog at home, which I thought was crazy. I told people to take that. But when I came to it, I said, look, I'll sprinkle a little bit more money. We'll have it at three and a half. We did, and we hit, and we're fine. It was great. Yeah, well, I took that and rolled it over on the Cardinals' money line, and we hit that. So uh, it was not bad, but uh, this this first quarter not very good for Josh Allen and the Buffalo Bills. I, I, actually, the first half was not very good for Josh Allen and the Buffalo Bills. Couldn't run the football. I mean, you. It, it, it honestly, and I talked about this last week, and I don't really want to go deep into it again. But the Buffalo Bills cannot run the football, and 
it's funny because at times it's like Singletary really does pop some open and their offensive line makes something happen and they, and they, they hit some good plays. But it's so far, few, and in between. Your leading rusher cannot be Josh Allen every week. You got this done here in Baltimore. After going down 20-10 to 10 at halftime, 20-10 to 10 at halftime, you end up getting this done. Somehow you tie it at 20 in the third quarter, and in the fourth quarter, I just thought Lamar and John Harbaugh weren't very good. And I thought for the most part Josh Allen and McDermott weren't very good. I, I really, I, I don't believe either coach or quarterback were very good in the fourth quarter. But the better one was the team that got it done. Because John Harbaugh, on fourth down, at a tie 2020 ball game, with three minutes to go in this football game, you're playing Josh Allen and the Buffalo Bills. You have the ball up to two. We have a chip shot field goal to take the lead with the greatest kicker in the history of this game as your kicker. He decided to go for it on fourth down. Lamar throws a pick to Jordan Poyer in the end zone. Now instead of them getting the ball at the two-yard line, they get it at the 20-yard line? I, you just... I didn't, I didn't understand that call. It's one of the most... It's probably one of the biggest... And I, like, his, his explanation was, you know, the analytics said that that was the best for us to do. At worst, they were going to get the ball at the two-yard line. No, John. Not at worst. Because at worst... You, you, Lamar fumbles that, they pick it up, scoop and score for a touchdown. Or Jordan Poyer catches an interception in the end zone. Now they're not at the two-yard line. Now they don't have to go 98 yards. Now they only got to go 80 yards. Not even, because then a field goal beats you. A field goal beats you. And they got they got Tyler Bass, who's got a leg. I just, you know, he, he, he's sitting there saying, you know, that was the play. You know, that was that was what we should have done. You know, he, he, that's, you know he, he stands by it. It was the wrong call. It was the wrong call. You take the lead there. And, and I get he's you know if if we t if we kick the field goal then you know this incredible quarterback and offense they they know that they have four downs every every time to go to keep keep the drive alive it's it becomes a four down ball game instead of a three down ball game okay yeah you're right about that John but God damn bro take the points hold on your defense who's been playing decently well Josh Allen has been kind of hit or miss all day long. You know that he was going to use his legs more than in his arm. It was going to run the clock. I, I just thought it was the bad move. I thought it was the wrong move. And it came out to, honestly, they lost the game because of that play. Because of that play, they lost the football game. And I, I never, almost ever say it comes down to one play. And really, you could boil it down. It wasn't that one play that lost in the football game. Rashard Bateman dropped. It should have been a wide open touchdown. You know, There's other things, sure. But in reality, in retrospect, when you look at this in a vacuum, you take the three points, you go up three, now a field goal can't beat you and it can only tie you. A touchdown beats you. And if you give up a touchdown and Josh Allen goes all the way down the field and he scores a touchdown and that beats you, fine. Fine. You died. Right? He got you. But you, you were getting licks in and you had him on the ropes. Backed him up on the ropes. He had to lock you up because he's tired. Then you get off him and he gets a punch. He gets a lucky punch. He hits you in the, maybe not even lucky, just hits you in the sweet spot. Just hits you in a sweet spot. What are you going to do? You cry about that? No, you got knocked out. So you get the fuck up. You go on to the next week. You don't go for it and have your quarterback throw a fucking pick to Jordan Poyer in the end zone and then have him go kick a field goal to beat you? It's how you're going to end that game. Kick a field goal to beat you? No. Get, you want to beat me? Get in the fucking end zone, Josh. 
You want to beat me, Josh? You get your ass in the end zone. Because I'm going to let you know this right now. I guarantee you nine times out of ten, Josh doesn't get that done. Because that's what he's proven. Bills fans, oh, you're all fucking freaking out right now. That is what he's proven. He's proven that he cannot get that done at that point in time. He just, he just has. But he got it done in this game. And I'm not trying to turn this negatively on the Bills. They got it done. They won a close game regardless of the call by the coach. Regardless by the play of Lamar, I thought, in the, especially the second half of the fourth quarter, not great. Josh Allen and this Bills team won a close football game against an AFC opponent that, honestly, they could face again in the playoffs. They, it, it, this was a big win for them. This was a this was a win that gets you back to life from that Dolphins loss that pulls together and says, okay, yeah, we can do this. We can get this done. We can win these close games. Their defense was good. I, I think that last drive, even though they gave up all those yards, you know, they, they had moments. They were getting to Lamar. They were they were peppering Lamar. They were trying to contain. And I felt, for the most part, they contained Lamar Jackson. So this was a really good win for the Buffalo Bills. This was a bad loss for John Harbaugh. Maybe not for the Ravens, but for John Harbaugh, this was a bad loss. Uh, Jaguars at Eagles. I mean, talk about an entertaining football game. Talk about an entertaining football game. Jacksonville comes out, stifles Jalen Hurts on the first three drives. They go down, they score, make it 14-0 ball game. And from then on, the Eagles proceed to score three straight touchdowns to take the lead 21-14 at halftime. And from there, kind of never looked back. Now, Jacksonville was giving it to them the whole game. They were right there. They only ended up winning this game by a touchdown. Jalen Hurts, though, this kid, this kid is is way more than I thought he was gonna be, and and I'm willing to take that and eat that. And I was wrong, just like I was wrong about Lamar Jackson. This this Jalen Hurts kid, he might be special. He might be special. I don't know if he's Lamar Jackson special, but. This kid, this kid looks like he's definitely a starting quarterback in this league. He looks like he's a top 15 player. Honestly, in two years, he could be a top 10 player in this league. Just with his legs and his arm. His arm has just improved every single year. Every single year. He's seeing the field better. He's a, he's the, he's a, he's a smart dude. He works his ass off harder than anybody else. And he faced adversity in this Jacksonville game. Went down early. To a really red-hot Jacksonville Jaguar team, Trevor Lawrence, who's playing well, Doug Peterson's got these guys playing really, really well. And they went down early. <coughs> and Jacksonville really never let off. The uh, Eagles ended up winning this game with 20, it was like 29-21, right? Miles Sanders had himself a day. They really, get, they really were able to run the football against the Jacksonville team. Tre uh, Trevor, Lawrence, Trevor Lawrence is becoming a good quarterback. Now, he didn't have a great day today, uh, on Sunday. He did not have a great day on Sunday. But, listen, this Eagles up-front team is fantastic. Their defense is flying around like crazy, and he's gonna he's still a young quarterback, and he's going to miss some throws. And he did. He threw a couple bad, he threw a bad interception, he had a bad fumble, and, and, and those are going to happen. I don't take much away from that. I, I, what I take away is how he handled, how he was in the fourth quarter. I mean, going down late, late in the uh, in the in the fourth quarter, getting that touchdown, making it a one possession game, forcing Jalen Hurts to drive the ball all the way downfield and get the points. 
I thought, you know, third quarter was a stalemate. 0-0 was just defenses kind of going at it. They're kind of hitting some shots. But then for, for late in the game, for Trevor Lawrence to take his team down there, get that touchdown, and say, hey, look, you need to go down and score, or else we get the ball back, we got a chance to beat you. And he did. He forced Jalen to go down. There was not much time left on the clock. Jacksonville couldn't get it done. Eagles win, and they're 4-0. Eagles are 4-0. But Doug Peterson's got this Jacksonville team playing good. They're going to be in games left and right this season, folks. I, I mean, I was I talked to the beginning of the season, and I said, don't be surprised if Jacksonville wins seven games. Folks, don't be surprised if Jacksonville wins nine football games here. Don't be surprised. I still think they have some talent issues, especially late in the season that's going to show in some of these games. But Doug Peterson is such a good coach. He is such a good coach. And Trevor Lawrence is coming around. And I think, he, I think he's got a chance to be a really good quarterback in this league. And for all the shit that we were talking about, Christian Kirk, that guy's been balling. You know, oh, overpaid, overpaid, overpaid. That guy's been fucking balling in Jacksonville, dude. He's been balling in Jack. They gave up LaVisca Chanel. They didn't get, oh, oh second round draft pick. Oh, who cares? We're going to overpay this wide receiver from Arizona. That was the slot guy. And he's going to turn out to be one of the best wide receivers in the league so far through four weeks. It's pretty incredible. It's pretty incredible. But this Eagle team is real. They're legit. Jalen Hurts is is real. And I and I picked I picked this Eagle team to win this division. I picked them to win this division. And then when Dak got hurt, I thought, oh man, they're gonna the Cowboys are gonna lose, you know, three, four football games while Dak is out. Turns out Cooper Rush is the exact same person as Dak Prescott. There's really no difference. See, I, I don't see any difference in these games. Once again, I'm going to keep being on this over and over and over again until he proves it otherwise. But he's 3-0 this year and three starts. He's 4-0 in his career in four total starts. And it, honestly, this, this this offense looks the exact same. There's no difference. There's no difference. But because of that, I, they're not a better team than Philadelphia. Cowboys aren't a better team than Philadelphia. Offensively, defensively, in the trenches, uh, when it comes to star power, no, no, not especially now that they added AJ Brown. You got AJ Brown, Devontae Smith are just wrecking dudes. When Jalen is on, when he's really, really on, those two guys are gonna have incredible days, incredible days. So the Eagles are rolling. They are for real. Don't sleep on Jacksonville this year. Good game there. Let's go to London. Early game in London. Vikings and Saints. Uh, the double doink ended uh, the Saints' hopes to tie that football game. It was a good game. It was a pretty crazy game, especially like the last four minutes. It was uh, uh, an interception, then a fumble, then an interception. It, it, you know, it was Saints somehow got the ball back somehow, some way. Even after the Vikings, uh, they kick, they go down, kick the field goal. Saints somehow get the ball back. They're moving the ball with not Jameis Winston, but the Red Rifle himself, Andy Dalton. Chris Olave is a good wide receiver. He's a really good wide receiver. Pretty sure Alvin Kamara got hurt in this game. He's probably done for a little while. But the Saints couldn't get it done. And they're like, what are they, 1-3 and three now? I, I, I've been trying to tell you guys for a long time. All the Saints fans have said, well, they were 5-0 and oh with Jameis Winston before he got hurt last year. Yeah, with Sean Payton. With Sean Payton. I don't think there's a better example than right now for coaching in the NFL. If you're a good coach, you can take the Seattle Seahawks to 2-2 two and two with Geno Smith. If you're a bad coach, you're 1-3 with Jameis Winston and Andy Dalton. Also, if you're a bad coach, 
You get your ass kicked every other week like Brandon Staley. And you win football games by a very narrow margin to a team that you should have beat the shit out of. A team that you were up three touchdowns on and should have won by three touchdowns. And yet somehow, someway, they come back and almost tie the football game. And you only win by ten because of a turnover late in the football game. It's, it's, it's very easy to see what a really good coach can do for you. Look at Doug Peterson. We just talked about this in Jacksonville. Has turned that around. Pete Carroll refuses to lose football games. Refuses to lose football games. I, I, I look at Tennessee. Tennessee started. We all thought they're done. Derrick Henry's done. This team's trash. Mike Vrabel has got those boys going because he's a good coach. He's better than Frank Reich. Frank Reich might be time for him to go. I'm sorry. I like Frank. I really do. But clearly, clearly, Doug Peterson had, and I'm, I think Frank did a lot for that Eagles Super Bowl win. He was the offensive coordinator. I think, I think he really did a lot for that win. But it was more Doug Peterson than anything else, and I think we know that now by watching Frank coach this team for the last four seasons. And now we see Doug come in and step in after being a year off, or what is it, two years off of being fired for Nick Sirianni. A year off, because this is Sirianni's second year. Yeah, a year off, comes into Jacksonville, all of a sudden, Jacksonville Jaguars are rolling. They're in this fucking football game on Sunday with the Philadelphia Eagles. They're 2-2. Two and two. They're 2-2. Two and two. It's easy. It's easy to see. Dennis Allen is not a good coach, right? Brandon Staley is not a good coach. You can see these guys around the league. You can see these teams. How is Pete Carroll winning with Geno Smith? Now, you could say, well, Russ, they're beating bad teams. Don't tell me that about the Lions. The Lions are going to be in every game that they play this year. They will be in every single football game that they play. They they, they have talent. Jared Goff is slinging the football. And they were even they were out Amon St. Brown and Swift. Now their defense is porous, the Lions. But how how is how has Pete Carroll got this team at two and two? Please tell me how has Pete Carroll got this team at two and two? It's because he's a good coach. No, scratch that. He's a Hall of Fame coach. He's going to be a Hall of Fame college coach and a Hall of Fame NFL coach. One of the very few rare people to ever have that feat in the history of this beloved game. It's insane. It's insane. Des, Dennis Allen for the Saints can't coach. He can't coach. This this Saints team might win four football games. Might. 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 But guess what? You win that many football games, you're going to be in line for a top five pick. You just drafted Chris Olave. Why not draft C.J. Stroud, the quarterback at Ohio State, to go with your wide receiver? All of a sudden, maybe you got something for the future as long as Dennis Allen gets the fuck out of there because he can't coach. Next game. Chargers Texans. Let's move to another guy that just can't coach. You, you, I, I, I went on a rant for I don't even know how long about this dude last week. And I'm not going to go on another one. Or at least I'm going to try to not go on another one. But this Chargers team, who had Austin Eckler nice and healthy, Justin Herbert said, well, the ribs are going to hurt him for the rest of the year. Says he's feeling good. Throwing motion was 100% better than it was last week. Now, they still miss Keenan Allen. But they got Mike Williams, Joshua Palmer. You know, this offensive now, Slater. You know, missing Slater really does hurt. He's one of the best tackles in the league, and he's out for the season. So that sucks. But you, you got talent galore. And on the defense side of the ball, you got talent galore. Now, Joey Bosa's out, probably looking like until like week 9 or 10. That's rough. But still, you paid Khalil Mack money. He got a sack in that game. 
You pay Derwin James money. You have you have a bunch of players. And you go up early on this Texans team who is atrocious on the defense side of the football. Not good. They're really bad. You go up early. Take an early, what was it, 27 to nothing lead because you missed a PAT. Then all of a sudden, Houston scores at the end of the half. Then all of a sudden, Houston scores in the third quarter. Then all of a sudden, Houston has 21 unanswered points. You score seven points for the remainder of the game. You scored seven points in the second half of that football game. The Chargers did. They had 27 in the first and only scored one touchdown in the fourth quarter. Now, it's a touchdown that really need, that really mattered, and they really needed it, and I needed it. Austin Eckler, baby. Ride or die fantasy win all year. But they needed that. Because before that, they were down three. I mean, they were only up three points. They were only up three points. It's pathetic. The coaching on this team is pathetic. He is, he might be, he might be the biggest fraud, other than Fraud Meyer, Urban himself, that I have ever seen in my life. This guy sucks. I, I cannot, I, I struggle to watch Charger games, and it sucks because I love watching Herbert, man. Herbert and Mike Williams over the top, little Austin Eckler doing everything. But this guy, your quarterback goes 27 of 39 for 350 yards, two touchdowns, and no interceptions. Austin Eckler had two touchdowns. I believe he had like, what, 60 on the ground and like another 40 or 50 in the air. And you're playing the Houston Texans, who I guarantee everybody that's listening to this podcast right now cannot name one player on the Houston Texans other than Davis Mills or the running back Davis Price. Other than that, nobody can name a player on that team. You are supposed to be a Super Bowl contender. You are supposed to be the team that was going to dethrone the Kansas City Chiefs. Staley, you're supposed to be this defensive genius. Your defense sucks. Your defense is garbage. Why are you giving up so many big plays? You're allowing sustainable drives. Game after game after game. Almost no pressure on the quarterback. Don't give me this Joey Bosa's out. This is the first game he missed. You get no pressure on the quarterback. There's no creativity on the defensive side of the football with a guy like a Derwin James that should be all over the field. Zero creativity. None. Uh, what does... This guy... The only way that the Chargers win football games is if they score 35 points a game. Because Brandon Staley is such a bad coach that he's going to lose it in the second half in the fourth quarter. That's when coaching really matters. That's when you really got to know what you're doing. You know, you, you look at a guy like a Nathaniel Hackett, who we will get to, who is a hack. That guy's a fucking hack. Also no creativity, no nothing on that offensive side of the football. And he's an offensive guy. So we got a fraud and we got a hack. Because Brandon Staley's a fucking fraud, folks. He's a fraud. I, I, I can't. I, I, seven points in the second half with Justin Herbert? Seven points in the second half against this Houston team. Oh, well, the Houston, you know, they just came out firing. They came out hot and they came out... All, no, they didn't. They had like four three and outs in the third quarter alone. 
They scored the only points in the third quarter, though. But yet, they went ahead like four three and outs. You can't... He doesn't motivate his team at halftime. He doesn't change anything at halftime. He, he just does his same old fraud shit. And, and honestly, if, you, if I'm a Charger fan, great, we got the win. And a win in this league is awesome. A win is a win. But I'm, I'm just, I'm scared for the rest of the season. How are you not terrified going into every football game as a Charger fan? And you shouldn't be. You should be more like the Bills and the Chiefs. Because your quarterback is unreal. And your running back is one of the best in the league. And when Keenan Allen is healthy, you have two of the best wide receiver, the, probably one of the best wide receiver duos, maybe now, in the league. And yet, I would be shaking in my boots every single Sunday. Because Brandon Staley, I, he's going to lose you so many football games. So many football games. What a fraud that guy is. Uh, let's jump to Kenny Pickett and the Pittsburgh Steelers. Kenny gets the second half start because Mitch Trubisky just wasn't very good. And at the at halftime of the game, I uh, I was messaging the biggest Steeler fan that I know, Tyler Ellenberger, friend of the show. He's been on here. We, we had a great conversation about Steeler football and football in general. And I was messaging him at halftime, and I just said, look, man, you know, I had this whole thing where I was telling Steeler fans, let, just let Tomlin, let Tomlin do it. He knows what he's doing. You know, be patient. Have patience. Don't just be yelling for the young guy. But I honestly thought that was if Trubisky, I thought Trubisky would just be a little bit better than he is. And he hasn't been any good. He, he had one good game so far this year, and that was the Thursday night game where he played pretty decently well. Or Sunday night game, whatever it was. He played pretty decently well. But he's just been bad other than that. He really has been. There's no spark in that offense. It just, they seem kind of dead. It's They get a drive going and it stalls very quickly. And Kenny Pickett came in and gave him a spark. And that's usually what happens to a team when, when, when you have a, especially, you know, we saw it with Baker and the Browns a couple years ago. You know, we've seen it, uh, <coughs> we saw it with uh, Mac Jones. He, he got the start in preseason. Uh, and then, you know, over Cam and all that, we saw Spark a couple weeks in. Because it's just a team wants to feel their young quarterback. They feel hope. They feel all this. They, they, they You know, we got this is our guy. We're going to go out there. We're going to give it a little bit extra right now. Get this guy going. That's generally what happens. And it is. And I thought Kenny played really well. <clears throat> I thought Kenny played pretty well for coming in at just the second half. But not well enough to beat the Jets. And... Zach Wilson getting his first start of the season. It was kind of sloppy football all around for both teams. But I kind of felt like it was what defense is better. And I just thought the Jets defense was better in the second half. And they were. Pittsburgh is missing uh, TJ Watt very much so. <clears throat> and I thought that Jets defense uh, it just played better in the second half. And while Kenny Pickett I thought played pretty well and was able to get his team going, and they were able to generate drives, and they were able to generate points, and they were finally doing something. Uh, you know, they took the lead, they had it. It just, I really thought, you know, especially in the fourth quarter, uh, the Patriots, I mean, sorry, the, the not the Patriots, ugh, sorry, Steelers gave up 14 points. But I thought, I thought, you know, the, the takeaway for me in this game is, yeah, you know, you lost to the Jets, <clears throat> who, let's be honest, folks, 
Robert Sala, I think, maybe got this team going a little bit. They have talent because they've been picking so high in the draft for so long on the defense side of the ball and the offense side of the ball. And I just, you know, that little trick play to Zach Wilson was a really good play call. And he, he ended up getting a touch. as like the double reverse pass, almost Philly special-esque. You know, uh, Wilson catches the ball in the end zone, touchdown Jets. It's just plays like that are, what, are what's going to beat the Steelers generally, you know, especially a great defense like this and a great coach like Tomlin. It's not a loss that you're swallowing Monday morning if you're a Steeler fan. You just don't. I mean, I think the stat was that the Jets have only won one, I think, what was it, one or two times in Pittsburgh in the history of the franchise. They've only won in Pittsburgh, I, I think it was twice. <laughs> that's that's insane, by the way, that you pretty much know that you're going to go into this game and you're going to lose. I mean, the odds are you losing are very high because you don't win in this place. You just don't win. But they get the win. Jets fans are on a high. Steeler fans are on a low. But you shouldn't be on too much of a low. Okay, you had your rookie quarterback coming in the second half. And I think the play that every Steeler fan should be hanging their hat on and should just be takeaway from this game is Kenny Pickett's rushing touchdown. Kenny Pickett, dropping back, nothing's there, sees the field, and says, fuck it, I gotta go for it. And he just goes and he dives, he puts his body on the line, he takes a shot, he gets across, touchdown. I thought that's probably the play. Because that's the play that when you talk about it gets you going. Look, I'm getting a little, I'm getting a little goosey's talking about it right now. Because one of those plays that's just, you're just, you fucking clench your fist, you give a fist pump, fuck yeah, Kenny! You get in there, you take that shot. That's what every Steeler fan was doing. You, you, were, you were pumped up because that was your rookie quarterback, the guy on your franchise now. Because there's no going back to Trubisky. It's done. It's Mitch's team from here on. And either he's good or he's not good. And whether you guys make the playoffs is on Trubisky's shoulders. I mean, sorry, is on Kenny Pickett's shoulders. You know, Trubisky just needs to suck it up and be the best backup he can be. It, 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 it's tough. I saw a video of him telling, saying how tough it is, and it is. It's tough. It's a tough business. It is. But, hey, you got your shot, Mitch. You can, yeah, there's not a lot of guys that can say that they got another shot from being a number three overall pick to going to a Chicago Bear franchise to getting to staying one year, being able to get one year in the Bills under Josh, and then to being able to be the starting quarterback of the Pittsburgh Steelers. Mitchell, you did everything you could. You, you just It's tough right now, but when you realize that you did everything you could in this league, you're going to be a better player for it. You're going to be one of the best backups in the league. And if you stay in Pittsburgh, maybe that's a good spot for you. Uh, who knows? Maybe that's a good spot backing up, Kenny. But number eight's in the football game. Number It's number eight's team from now on. So, Pittsburgh, Tomlin, you're one and three. Stuff's got to start to change now. Can Kenny Pickett get this team moving and rolling? I don't know, we'll find out. All right, let's hit on some late games. Uh, Cardinals end up getting a win on, against the Panthers. Really, there's only a one, maybe two takeaways from this game. First and foremost, Baker Mayfield's just not good at football. Can we just, can 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 we just, can it just be over now, please? I think it is. Uh, I you you don't have pretty much no media talking about him anymore. You have nothing. There's almost nothing in the pregame about him. He is not good at football. He's just not. And look, all those people want to say. Oh, you know, a change of scenery, this could really help him. No, it can't. 
because he's going from a worse situation. I mean, he's going to a worse situation. He's going from a place where he had a talented head coach, an, the number one offensive line in the NFL, the number one running game in the NFL with the running back tandem, some of the best skill players in the NFL, offensively and defensively. And he, 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 he's Carolina? For Carolina? For who? For Robbie Anderson? For who? Christian McCaffrey? Who I love dearly. I, I think he, he's awesome. But he also can't stay on the field, and he's not who he was. Who are you leaving him for? Matt Rule? You go from Kevin Stefanski to, to that's making James, Jacoby Brissett at times clearly the best he's ever been in his career. But you go from Kevin Stefanski to Matt Rule, who most likely will be coaching in college next year, who most likely will not make it this entire season as the head coach of that football team. This dude just is not very good at football. And it was masked on the Browns by all the talent he had around him. Now you take away that talent, how really, how good are you really? Really, honestly, he's not good. <laughs> he's not good. He's bad. This, I think this is probably the first time I've talked about Baker Mayfield this year. That should know how bad he's been. Because he's an atrocious football player. Uh, and you know what? Other than Cliff's play calling just being an absolute joke and Kyler Murray only wanting to play the second half of football, I mean, the Cardinals had their first lead in regulation in this game in, like, the third quarter. <laughs> it's just is a joke. Down 10-3 at halftime to this team is a joke. They end up getting the win. They actually end up beating them pretty good because Carolina sucks, because Baker sucks, because Matt Rule sucks. This Cardinal team is no good. I mean, J.J. Watt is a fucking rock star. I mean, the dude went to AFib on Wednesday, had to get his heart reshocked and re-rhythm. You know, he was out of rhythm. He was having trouble breathing. He's saying he was he was getting dizzy. Dude had to get his heart restarted. Went out on Sunday. Had had to had the tip ball for an INT that went for six or almost for six. Gave the Cardinals great field position in the fourth quarter. That and then we score a touchdown and that really opened the floodgates. We score another one after that. But JJ's a rock star, man. So the two takeaways, pretty much of this team, this game is that Baker Mayfield can't play football and JJ Watt can play football. That's all I got for this game. Cardinals suck. Let's go to a game that actually matters: Patriots and Packers, because this game was fun. This game was really fun. No Matt, no Mac Jones. High ankle sprain. Even though you know, uh, <laughs> my guy Belichick is gonna say it's day to day every day. I love that so much. What am I, a doctor? It's day to day. What am I, orthopedist? Guy's day to day. It's day to day. Thought it was one of the best. He always gives you some every year. Belichick just gives you some great press conference, and that was probably the one. He's day to day. We're moving on to Green Bay, and. While they moved on to Green Bay, second series of the game, Brian Hoyer gets a concussion. Bailey Zappi, the rookie from Western Kentucky, has got to come in, plays the rest of the game, looks pretty good doing it. I got to say, he, he does. Now, he made some uh, some clear rookie mistakes, but he threw a couple really good balls. And I'm watching this Patriots offense kind of work, take the lead on the Packers, having Aaron ha making having Aaron Rodgers actually want to move the football. And by the way, this guy doesn't look like he wants to play football. He looks like he got paid his $50 million. He looks like he's doing Pat McAfee and all these interviews on Barstool and all these other stuff. He's having a good time. I don't think he wants to play football. It doesn't look like it to me. Does it, does it look like to anybody else other than a, a other than an Aaron Rodgers deep-throater? 
Does it really look like he wants to play football? All you deep throaters are saying, yeah, he plays every game. No, he doesn't. No, no, he does not. Now, he's so unbelievably talented that he doesn't really have to really want to play that much. He's still going to make plays, but they have nobody. I mean, Romeo Dobbs is really maybe starting to come along. Randall Cobb looks a couple years younger. He definitely is using something, by the way, folks. I've been watching this game long enough to know if someone's juicing. Randall Cobb is on the juice. There's no way that at his age goes from a guy that could barely walk two years ago and barely run a route, last year could really hardly do much either, to all of a sudden he looks like he's running a 4-5. Uh, I, look, I'm not trying to like speculate or really you know, come at Randall Cobb here too much, but in my opinion, it looks like the dude's on something. And that's, you know, whatever, man. Whatever. You know, you, you're trying to resurrect your career in a way, even though you're at an age where there's no resurrecting, should just be dead. I, I, really, like, I really like Cobb. I, I really liked him his whole career. I thought he's a stud player. But maybe he's just trying a little too hard because they don't really have anybody else. Christian Watson, he's hit or miss. Romeo Dobbs, I think, might be the best receiver. Romeo Dobbs, Alan Lazard coming back is a big thing. But even with these guys back, Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon in the backfield, now, they still can't move the football very well. Aaron's not moving the football very well. A lot of throwaways. A lot of drops and a lot of throwaways. But this Patriots defense, it's not like it's, it's a, some slouch of a defense. Everyone's so down on this Patriots team and Bill Belichick, like he's the worst coach in the league. It's it's not. He's going to be in this football game, and he was in this football game. Now the Pack got it done in overtime. I mean, this game went to OT. Bailey Zappi took Aaron Rodgers at home, Aaron Rodgers, Lambeau Field, to overtime. Bailey Zappi took Aaron Rodgers and Lambeau OT. I said it nice and slow just in case y'all missed it. Bailey's happy. I don't I mean, pa pa Packers win this game. Congratulations. Uh, Patriots need a little bit to work on. Clearly, just a little bit. I, I think the run game is there. I don't think Bailey's happy is too much of a drop off to Mac Jones. I think he should start the rest of the games until Mac comes back. No point of having Brian Hoyer in the game. He hasn't finished a game since like 2019. So let's ride with Bailey Zappi. Fuck, if you can almost beat Aaron Rodgers in Lambeau, which... I mean, I say that, but is that really a hard thing to do? It seems like every time Aaron's in Lambeau, he loses. So, that's just my perspective of the matter, maybe. But they get the win. 27-24 on a game uh, time-expiring field goal in overtime. So, good for the Packers and the win. But if you're a Patriots fan, you're like, all right, Mac Jones is going to be out for a little while, but let's get this Western Kentucky rookie in there. Let's, let's try to fucking fire some stuff up. Uh, last game, last late game, Broncos at Raiders. The Raiders finally get a win here. McDaniels, Derek Carr, uh, uh, you know Chandler Jones, all these guys that they paid, Devontae Adams, they get the monkey off their back because they get a win. And they get a win against a very bad Broncos team. I said this last week. I'm going to continue saying this. Russell Wilson has just been absolutely atrocious. But what's been worse than Russell Wilson is Nathaniel Hackett. He is a hack. He is a hack. He is. There is no creativity. There's no extra motions. It's, it's, you literally know what they're going to run when they run it because it's like playing a six-year-old in Madden. They run the same three plays over and over and over and over again. Fuck, I, I was talking earlier about my uh, uh, 2004 or two, whatever. I got my first Madden or whatever it was for my GameCube. I remember when I when I would play with Kansas City, I'd run pretty much the same four plays. My number one play was literally just a, a tight end post 
That's all it was. It was either a tight end post or a tight end corner route to Tony Gonzalez. I would throw it up, and guess what? He'd catch it every time because he was a fucking monster. Best tight end in the game back then. But I ran the same play. And if you're a good Madden player, you could have easily stopped me. I was a kid. Fuck him. I'm just running plays that work, right? Oh, that play worked. I'm just going to run that again. That's literally what I think Nathaniel Hackett is. That's how he's coaching. Oh, well, let's go back to that play that we got four yards on in the first quarter, and we'll just run that again. Same formation, same look, no extra motions, no, 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 any, no, 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 no creative personnels, no creative languages. You're just doing nothing. You're doing nothing. You're running the same shit, and and and, and Russell Wilson's not having any success. And fucking Melvin Gordon's fumbling, and now Javante Williams is out for the season. Your defense is regressing. I, I mean, they are regressing. I, I thought, I, I just, I mean, you look against a game against San Francisco, they played really well, but then you go back and you look the first two weeks, they were better week one, then they were better week two, and then they kind of have, I mean, they were good week three against San Francisco, but they gave, they had some holes, some flaws, and then, what the fuck was that? I mean, what the fuck was that against the Raiders? I just, this guy, he's not a coach. He doesn't do anything, man. This guy, there's, there's no creativity. There's no anything. There's, there's, there's apps. There's nothing. It's done. It's blah. You know what he's gonna run every time. I, I'm literally calling plays as I'm watching this game. Oh, it's 22 personnel again. Oh, look, oh, look, same fucking tight ends motioning for the exact same thing. I, I, it's a counter. Boom, counter stuffed. Oh, oh, I, I bet it. Three, three wideouts. We got 11 personnel. Russell probably takes two steps, throws it to Courtney Sutton over the middle. Boom, two steps, Courtney Sutton over the middle. It's 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 fucking predictable shit. It's Nathaniel Hackett. This guy can't coach. He's not a good head coach. He's he's bad. He's bad. Staley's bad. Uh, fucking McDaniel's is bad. McDaniel's finally got a win. Congratulations. But you why'd you get the win? Well, Josh Jacobs, I think maybe was finally fully healthy, and you were feeding him the rock. You, you need to run the football because Derek Carr needs some pressure off of him. Because I think Derek Carr feels a lot of pressure with Devontae and Darren Waller and Zay Jones and Hunter Renfro. And now you get this offensive genius for the past 15 years with Bill Belichick winning Super Bowls with Tom Brady. You get him in there, you want to throw the ball, you want to run XYZ, you know, double slant over motion 24 Wildcat, you know, all these fucking creative, unbelievably plays. Maybe Derek just needs, just not ready, like, just, he's a little, maybe he's a little overloaded. He's a little overloaded because he doesn't look very good. And McDaniels doesn't look very good. But you got to run the football. But you get a win. Finally, the Raiders get a win. They're 1-3. The Broncos are a bad football team. They're a bad football team. <laughs> They're not good because their head coach sucks. And he hires somebody to, to not only run his play clock, but to tell him when to punt the football. To tell him when to go for it and when not to go for it. And I get it. You can have an analytic guy. Right, but you have an analytic guy tell you the analytics, and then you, as the head coach, make the decision, John Harbaugh. You, as the head coach, make the decision, Nathaniel Hackett. You don't just go, "Oh, well, that's what my analytic guy said, so that's what I'm doing." That's that's not a head coach. What? what why the fuck are you the head coach then? Can, why don't we just make the analytic guy the head coach? Why don't we just run everything off that? Why even have a head coach? What's the point then? <laughs> what the fuck's the point? Why don't we just get five guys to just sit on their computers for the whole fucking football game? And tell, and, and then say statistically and analytically what you should do on every goddamn down. It's, 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 honestly, it's pathetic. 
it's watching this Broncos team is pathetic. And I've been on this fraud since day one in Nathaniel Hackett. And I've been on this fraud since day one in Brandon Staley. Now, I did think McDaniels was going to be good, and he's probably proven me wrong because he's probably not any good. But the Raiders get a win. It's a must win. You gotta start going now. If you're the Raiders, you just Derek Carr. Maybe this, maybe this, maybe this gets you. He he was a little bit better with Adams. A little more in sync with Adams. A little more in sync with Waller. Their run game was really was hitting on. I mean, Josh Jacobs was really good. That dude's really good. He just can't stay all the. He can't stay healthy. I mean, he just Nick Saban ran the shit out of him in Alabama, and then he comes in his first four years three years, this is his fourth year, he's just, I mean, Gruden is just slamming him every play. Dive, 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 power, 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 counter, counter, counter. Dive, dive, dive. The dude, he's a running back. Running backs get banged up. And you gave away Kenyon Drake a couple years ago. He was a really good backup. You don't really have a backup. I mean, the rookie that they got is not bad. He's really not that bad. But he's not Josh Jacobs. So you need to run the football to get the pressure off of both McDaniels and Derek Carr. And let's see if maybe this can spark something in the Raiders. Maybe they can get it going. Maybe. But it lies on McDaniels. And Nathaniel Hackett's a fucking hack. I, I, I'm just, I'm done watching that guy coach. Alrighty, folks. I think that's going to go ahead and do it for me on a beautiful Tuesday morning. Week 4 recap. I, I mean, we're a quarter way through the season. Quarter away, there's one winless team, one undefeated team, a lot of two and twos. Some some three and ones, you know. It's I mean it's not exactly a quarter of the way through because we did 17 games now. So it's but it's right there. I mean you still call this quarter of the season. First four weeks, it's 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 usually big. You usually start to see, you know, what are teams really going to start to shape and look like. We're stepping out of September now. We're in October football. That means falls falls here, folks. I mean fucking Halloween's coming up, and by as soon as you know it, it's going to be Thanksgiving. Season's going to be more than halfway over, and we're going to be into some unbelievable winter football. And I'm, I'm pumped for it, but I don't want to. I don't want to think too far ahead because I'm enjoying, I'm enjoying my week to week. Sometimes the season can go a little too fast, but week five, looking forward to that. We got Thursday night football. Uh, what is it? It's uh, Denver, terrible football team, at Indianapolis, I believe. I, I, I don't know. I mean, you got two teams that Matt Ryan just looks like an absolute shell of anything he was even last year. Frank Reich, can he coach? This offensive line, something seriously has happened to it. Jonathan Taylor just can't get any open space. And the Broncos are, are a fraud team. They're not good. So I don't really know what to expect out of this Thursday night football game. But I'll tell you, I'll be watching it because <laughs> it's football. And, and it gets me going. It's, it's just, there's nothing like it. You can't beat it. I'm addicted to this thing. I want to be addicted to it. Even give me, even give me fucking Nathaniel Hackett's horrible coaching job. I'll just be rooting for him, probably against him the whole night. Just be rooting against him. Uh, I got nothing fantasy wise going. Probably sprinkle some money on it. I haven't seen the line. It's not a game you want to bet. You don't want to bet against Russell Wilson or for Russell Wilson, and you really don't want to bet on on the on the Colts. It's just. Enjoy your Thursday. Enjoy the game as much as you can. Take down a couple cocktails if it's a bad game. Enjoy your week. Beautiful weather right around the corner, almost everywhere, except for, I guess, if you live in a, you know, Michigan and Buffalo. It's going to start getting cold, but right now it's still beautiful. So enjoy it. Enjoy your week. I'll talk to everybody at the end of it. Peace.